So honored that you're here with us this morning. I have to do something very unorthodox from what I typically do on a Sunday morning before the message, but I promised a group of young men this week that I would do this, so I am doing it. Many of you know I coach baseball, okay? If you don't, now you do, all right? I love it. They have a home game this Thursday against Nandua, big rival, all right? You got to come out, 4 o'clock, be there. All right, softball too, all right? There you go. You can tell Coach I did it. All right, cool, cool. Uh, again, so honored to, to be here today. I, I love it. You know, last week it was great to have a, a guest speaker, but I got to be honest with you, as I sat there, and uh, great message, great word, a lot, of, a lot of emotion, a lot of inspiration, but I was like, oh, I want to be up there. I want to be up there doing what I do. So I'm so honored to, that I get to, to, to come up here each week and, and share the word of God with you. But I'm very excited today. Uh, we're, we're diving right in to a, a new sermon series. It's a four-week series that we're going to get right into. So you're here today. That means you don't have to catch up on the podcast or anything like that. You get, you're, you're right on time. All right. We're going to look at a message series called Divine Purpose. Okay, Divine Purpose. And let me ask you this and, and ask yourself this. Have you ever said this question before? What do you think God wants me to do? Right? I think we have. I think just about all of us have probably asked ourselves or, or maybe someone has asked you and said, what is God's will for my life? What do you think God wants me to do? All right? What we're going to look at in this introductory series, uh, message as we dig deeper into this, this topic that we're going to get into is two words, and that is what and do. All right. The question, let me bring it right back to your mind, is this. What do you think God wants me to do? I mean, the decisions that you and I make every day all right, tell a story about our life. I mean, and I've said this before in, in other messages, the, the decisions that you made yesterday have determined who you are today. And the decisions that you're going to make today are going to help define who you are and to determine who you are when? Tomorrow. You are a result of the decisions that you have made in the past. So watch this. If you don't like the result of who you are right now, then the only person that you could truly blame is you yourself because you have made the decisions in your life in the past. For the most part, it will be a direct result of the choices that you've made. It will be a direct result of the choices that maybe others have influenced you to make. Let's be honest. So many of us struggle with making decisions. All right? You do. We, we struggle with it. I mean, we, we have a, a people full of procrastinators, right? Probably a church full of procrastinators, you know, where we know that there needs to be a decision made, but we get so worked up over it or nervous about it that what we end up doing eventually is just kind of push off, push off, push off, push off. Until when? Until the decision has to be made. And then we're not going into it, what, prayerfully or thoughtfully. And we're just doing something to do it. Now, I've, I've, got a, you know, I've always got examples. I've always got stories to tell, right? And it always usually includes my family. So my wife and I, Whenever, usually on the weekends, we typically like to go out somewhere we'd like to go out to eat, right? Most, most people, at least one day a week, like to go out to have some type of a meal out. 
So we go out, and, and my wife, if you know my wife, she knows, you know this. She does not make decisions. She, she just doesn't do it. You know, I'll, I'll look at her, and it's time to go out. I'm like, where do you want to go? I don't care. Where do you want to go? I mean, most arguments stem from that, those two phrases, right? Those two questions. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Right? Oh, come, you guys, are we asleep? I mean, are you scared to answer because your spouse is right beside you? Come on, guys, man up. All right? Right? That's what happens to us. You know, you get in a conflict because you got, you know, where do you want to go out to eat? I don't care. Where do you want to go? I don't care. Where do you, will you just make a decision? No, will you just make a decision? Okay. Um, this is a counseling moment for Pastor Kevin. All right. No, but, but here's what happens sometimes. She'll be like, I don't care. You choose. Here we go. We all know where that goes. All right. Well, here, let's go to this place. Nah, you know, I, I don't really like that. Then you care. Right? Then you really care. And then and I'll be like, okay, well, let's go to this place instead. You know what? Now, we, I, that's, that, that's like what we had for lunch. My gosh, what in the world is the problem here? You know? So decisions. Decisions are important. Maybe not necessarily where you're going out to eat, what kind of food you're eating and all that stuff. But decisions are important. And a lot of times we push decisions off. Now, how many of you ever made a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion? Right? A permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. Have you ever lost your temper when you shouldn't have? Don't, no, somebody said no. Okay. That's awesome. Liar. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> have you, <laughs> did you lose your, you know, it's, 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 somebody's losing their temper with me right now. Okay. Have, did you lose your temper on the way to church this morning? Think about it. No. My wife about lost her temper with the boys this morning. But we're, she's not in here. That's why I'm using her as a guinea pig today. Don't worry. I know. You go and you run to her and you tell her my stories. Because I hear it. But a lot of times we end up making decisions that we regret. I mean, how about this? Have you ever bought something? Right? You bought something, big purchase, big expense, and then later on was like, I really didn't need that, but now I'm making payments on it, and this really just stinks, right? Have you ever done that? Probably, you know? You know, maybe you did it yesterday. I don't know. You know, I hope not. But we've all been there. We've made those choices, right? You know, people make choices every single day. People make decisions every day. How about maybe, maybe it's a big move. Maybe you need to make a move for your family, you know, and, and it's something big. And so you stress over these things. You know, maybe you're a single person and you're dating someone and you're trying to determine whether or not they're the right person. And in the moment, man, they look great. But here lately, they've been doing some things that's kind of sketchy. Pastor Kevin's going to help you out right now. End it. End it. Right? Right? No, just kidding. Kind of. All right? We've all been there. All right? We understand. You know, we make decisions sometimes that are not always the decisions that we want to make. Sometimes we look back on our choices and go, what in the world was I thinking? Don't look at your spouse. Don't look. <laughs> but sometimes we look at those things and we go, what in the world? You know, maybe you're thinking about having a kid. Congratulations to this young couple right here, though, the Derricksons, right? They're going to have a child. Awesome. I've been meaning to say something about it, and I forget it every week. I'm sorry. But maybe you're looking to have a child. Maybe you're looking to have your third child. I'm going to say, wait a minute. Wait a minute, all right? Maybe you're looking at that fourth child. I'm going, stop, all right? No, just kidding. All right, children are a blessing from the Lord. I tell myself every day. 
You know, so we make decisions sometimes that are not always easy to make, you know. Should I take this job offer? Should, you know, I buy that new car? Should, you know, should I marry this person? You know, should, should we have that for dinner? You know, we're always making choices. What's really interesting to me, though, is that some of us have difficulty at making choices, and so we won't make one at all. We won't. And we'll just sit on it. And we'll just like, you know what, we'll just let life play out. And then we reflect on that and we look at life and we go, man, you know, things just haven't turned out the way that I thought they would. And so we start asking ourselves this question that I started in the beginning of this message this morning. And that was, what is God's will for my life? What does God want from me? What does God want me to do? The biggest theory behind why it's such a struggle, in my opinion, is that we live in a society and a generation where we have so many options to choose from that many times we become overwhelmed by the choices that we have with regard to the decisions that we need to make. We really do. There's so many different ways. Anymore, it's not just a black and a white issue. You got a black and a white issue with a gray in there and a pink in there and a blue in there. You know, you could go whole kind of different ways and so many choices. And so what happens truly is we almost become overwhelmed. We become overwhelmed in our life. And, and, and then we, we, we allow that to creep into our spiritual aspect or our spiritual life. And so we allow it to overflow into that. And then we become overwhelmed with so many choices. We're not sure which way to go what to say, how to respond, how to act. Instead of making a decision, we'll say we're not going to make a decision. And now what that results in is an imperfect decision. Something that is totally against the way that God wants us to go. The first thing that we're going to look about this morning is this. God cares about the who before the do. When it comes to the will of God, God cares about you before what you do. Think about that for a second. He really does. He cares about you. You know, a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll ask that question in our mind is, what is God's will for my life? Maybe you've not asked it, but you will after today, I promise you. But we'll ask that question to ourselves or, or to a close friend. You know, what do you think God's will is for me? You know, we'll ask ourselves and we'll stress over it. And if we're not, you know, depending on where you're at in life, if you've not feel like you've fulfilled what God's purpose and plan is for you, we'll allow stress and anxiety to creep in. And we'll start to question, God, where are you? God, how come this isn't working out the way that I thought it was going to work out? How come things aren't just falling into place like they should be? You know, there's a scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3 that I'm going to read here in just one second. And it answers exactly what God's will is for every one of our lives. If you've ever questioned, what is God's will for my life, you're about to get that answer. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 says this. God's will is for you to be what? Holy. God's will for your life is simply this, to be holy. So simple. We cause everything else to, to be so complicated. But God, in his word, in his scriptures, specifically says, the will that I have for you is to be holy. 
Now, we need to understand the word holy here uh, is, is actually translated as in, 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 the, in the original language, agios, which defined by separated or set apart or different. So what God is wanting to do and what God's will is for our life is to be different, is to be set apart. That to me shows that God, you know what? Everything else that I fret over, everything else that I fear over, everything else that I'm allowing anxieties to build up over on the decisions that I need to make, I need to understand one thing. The will for God for my life is this. Be set apart. Be different. Or as the scripture says, to be holy. Everything else is secondary. Your vocation is secondary. The relationships, secondary. Everything else is secondary except for this. God says, be holy. God's will is that for us in our lives. Jesus talks about how much more he wants from us in a relationship than what he wants us to do. In fact, you know what? Throughout the scriptures, Jesus only talks about a job in one instance, and that is this. Leave it and what? Follow me. When he spoke to his disciples. He looked at him and said, leave it and follow me. It lines perfectly up with the scripture where we, under, we can understand this, that God's will for our life. And this is great for people who are looking for direction. I mean, we've got some seniors in here who are about to go to college. I remember, you know, graduating college or high school, and it was either you go to college or you go to work. Now you, got, you can go, go to college, you can go to work. Hey, let's take a year off. I don't, I don't suggest that. All right. Uh, let's go travel. No, go to college. Go to school, right? But we have so many options available to us in life. And so we fret sometimes about what is God's will for my life? Am I supposed to marry this person? Am I supposed to be with that person? How many kids am I supposed to have? What job, what career am I supposed to go into? What church do I need to attend? I'll, I'll solve that one for you right now, right here. All right? So we'll, we'll, we'll fret over all of this stuff. And, and even Jesus himself, all, he never actually addressed any of this issue other than serve me. Drop it and serve. Drop it and serve. So my question to you this morning and a challenge that we can all look at right now is what are the things that you have been challenged with with decisions that have caused so much room or taken up so much room in your mind that it's hard for you to, to even come into this morning probably to even spend time in worship with God? He says this, my will for you is this, be holy, be set apart, be different. You know, my wife and I, in the last several weeks, we had a conversation. We talk a lot, though, okay? Just not just the last several weeks. We've been talking. But it's remarkable to me in the, in, in the conversations that we've been having. And we've been a little bit displeasured, um, a little frustrated, not with one another, but just a couple things around and about. And we thought to ourselves, I believe today's Christ follower is much different than some of the Christ followers in the generations leading up to where we are now. I do. I believe convictions are much, much different. I believe the lifestyles that Christ followers are living and leading and, and trying to be that example are far different than what they were previously in generations. And that, that bothers me. Because I understand what the scripture tells me where it says that God's will for my life 
as what? A Christ follower is to be set apart, to be different, and to be holy. Nowhere in God's word did God instruct me or Christ instruct me to, or the Holy Spirit instruct me to live a life that is full of compromise. But instead, it specifically says the will for my life and the will for your life is to separate yourself from this world. Set yourself apart. Be different from it. It's sad when you can look at the church and look at the world and try to, and cannot figure the difference between the two. It's sad when you look at, at families who, who are supposed to be the godly example and the leaders even within churches. And you look and you go, I don't see the difference. I believe what God is trying to get to our attention is a divine purpose that he has for our lives. And that purpose results in this. Be holy. Everything else falls secondary. Everything that we have compromised, we need to shut down in one verse, and that is to be holy. Before we think about our futures, we need to understand our present. And the present is this. You understand this. God is a God who is omnipresent. God is a God of the future, but he's also a God who is now. He's a God who can work in us now. He's a God who's wanting to work in us now. You know, while my wife and I, we talk about this, and, and we, just a couple conversations with regard, trust me, we don't sit there and pick things apart. Um, but as a pastor, it, it burdens me. It burdens me because I see people who are wanting to have a stronger relationship and a stronger commitment to Jesus Christ. But yet the very things that they needed to give up or said they were willing to give up when it said, hey, I need to start living for Jesus now, they're not doing so. It's still a part of the regular routine. The scripture says, and Paul says it right there, God's will is for you to be simply this, to be holy. The second thing looking at this morning is this. God's will is a why before what? Motives matter to the heart of God. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2 says this, that you may think everything you do is right. Now this one here, this version says, all a person's ways seem, to pure, seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. In other words, this is what God looks at, the heart. What are your motives? You may think everything you do is right, but the Lord looks at our motives. Psalms 39, the psalmist wrote, search my heart, O God. And see if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. What are your motives? The things that you do for people, what is the motive behind it? Is the motive to actually help them out? Or is the motive for to help them out so that they can look at you and give you praise? I mean, let, let's, let's, let's look at it this way. I mean, you know, we're all... Almost everybody in here, most likely, is part of social media in some way, all right? And, and we all post. We all put pictures out. What is the motive behind it? Is it, oh, look at my new shoes. Look what I did. Look how much money I spent, right? Oh, look what my family's at. Look what we're doing. Wow. What's the motive behind it? 
Look where I'm at. Wow, what's the motive behind it? Look, I'm at church serving God. That's great. Are you trying to be holy so others see that? What's the motive behind it? See, God looks at the heart. We fail to realize that often because we get so much praise from everyone else. Hey, I saw that. That was awesome. Congratulations. Hey, that, that was great. I, I, I love those shoes. I love that dress. I love that, that shirt, you know? Hey, I seen your kid have like two hits in Little League. Hey, that was yesterday. All right. What is the motive? What is your motive? Why are you seeking attention? I'll tell you why. Because you're trying to fill the void in a gap that's in your heart, that's in your spirit. I'm going to revert you right back to that scripture in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3 where it says, God says this, my will for your life is to be holy, plain and simple. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to go after it. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to seek after him. That's awesome. Hey, you got to go with it sometimes. It's there, so why pretend it's not? Examine your motives. What's God's will for your life? What does God want from me? You know, if we're complimenting someone, are we doing it in sincerity? If we're saying, hey, great job, are we doing it because we really care about them? Are we doing it because, hey, you know what, I want them to think that I care. Really, I don't. Some of you right now, you're, you're thinking of, of, of moments or actions in your life where that's kind of happened, you know. God's looking at our motives. Motives are weighed by the Lord. Paul said it powerfully like this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And I love this. And whatever you do, whatever you do. I think we need to underline that. We need to highlight that. Hey, you know what? You need to share it, all right? Whatever you do, whether in what? Word or deed. It says, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wow, that's a powerful moment right there. Whatever you do, you're in an argument with your spouse. Are you doing it in word and deed, giving praise to Jesus? That had to sink in second there, huh? Watch this. You're telling that inappropriate joke. Are you doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus? We're laughing, but we're guilty. When we're gossiping and talking about our neighbor or our best friend, are we doing it in the name of Jesus? Are we allowing ourselves to go out? And you know what? Here we go. Here we go. I'm going out with a group of friends. This is teenage stuff, guys. This is stuff I used to teach as a, 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 or speak to teenagers on. But I think sometimes we need to come right back to the reality of it here. We're out and about with a group of friends, and they're about to go to a place that does not represent who we are as Christ followers. But yet you allow yourself to creep in there. And look, I'm going to even go a step further. It's even your spouse. Where do we draw the line? 
At one point, do we draw? This is where it's becoming a very unpopular message right now. And some of you have already tuned me out. Where do we draw the line? To where the world and the church differ. To where the society and the Christ follower differ. Where in the world do we draw the line? The line has become faded after generation, after generation, and after generation. But I believe that God's looking for a group of people. He's looking for his church again to say, no, we're going to draw that line back in again. And right is right and wrong is wrong and sin is sin and righteousness is righteousness and holiness is holiness and cleanliness is cleanliness. It is time. There must be a change in our lives. We need to understand that we have a divine purpose. That God has a calling and a will for your life. And that calling and that will for your life is to live a life of what? Holiness. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to the Father. You discipline your child. Praise the Lord. We're going to do it for Jesus. I don't know what your occupation is, but you know what? Praise God, I'm doing it for Jesus. You know, you say, you know what? I don't think that God's called me to be a missionary. Well, maybe you need to be a missionary on your job. Maybe you need to become a missionary in your home, in your circle of friends. You might say, well, Pastor Kevin, I'm a stay-at-home mom. All I do is, is, is wipe babies' rear ends and do laundry. Do it for Jesus. It's going to be the cleanest rear end you've ever seen. <laughs> what are, how do I do that? I don't know. What are our motives? So many people, what does God want me to do? A, a better thing is this. A starting place is this. Rather than what does God want me to do with my life and what is the will of God, because I understand what the will of God is now. God, what do you want me to become now? Where does the change need to happen? Where does the change need to take place? You know, it's funny to me is that when you want something big in the future, we think that we need to have big decisions now in order to get the big results later. But what I've learned in, in going through life, it's not the big decisions that produce the big results later. It's doing the small things now. The things that seem unimportant, the things that seem to, to nag us, the, the, the things that, that, that it's, it's as if, you know what, I'm doing these things, I'm getting nowhere. Those are the big decisions in our lives. Those are the moments where God is grooming us and building us and preparing us for, for the big do for who you're going to, to be. What is God's will for my life. What am I supposed to do? Well, the scripture says that we're supposed to plainly this, be holy. The power is this, when you get the who right, you do more. When you get the why right, the what has power. Think about that for a moment. If you're becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. 
Let me repeat that. If you're becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. God will help you choose. If you're driven by the right why, he will lead you to the right what. You see, it's not about us. It's about us conforming to the image of Jesus. We can all step back for a moment and take a look at the life that we're living and see the reflection of it and go, in what areas do not reflect Jesus? What decisions did I make that are not reflecting Jesus? What are the events that I'm involved in What are the things that I do that aren't reflecting Jesus? You see, the will that God has for each one of us is this, to be holy, to be set apart, to be different. You see, that needs to be our primary focus in life. Everything else will fall into place. Everything else will come together as it's supposed to be if we are what? In the will of the Lord. And the will of the Lord is very simple, and that is to be holy. We make this way too more complicated than what it needs to be. We add way too many more variables that need to be. You know, it's kind of like I'm out there, you know, with with my two boys, Carter and Caden. They're very young. But what seems so simple to me is so complex to them because they add other steps included and involved in different things. You know, their attention span takes them over to here to over to here when we need to go that way. And so we're adding steps in order to get to our accomplishment. And dad is about to lose his mind half the time. Let's let's just be honest about it. You know, I'm going to tell you, Carter, this is the first year of coach pitch for him. I love it. I don't, I don't really like coach pitch too much. I mean, it's, it's better than t-ball, though, okay? <laughs> this is a coordination thing, man. You know, it's, it's not there yet. But we would go out in the yard, and I would throw him pitches to hit the ball. And you know what? He would get up there at first, and he would have like two or three swings. And if he didn't get it, he'd drop the bat and go over and pick up the ball, and now he wants to throw the ball. But we have a, a, a purpose over here that we're trying to work on. And then we would come over here and, and we would throw the, you know, want to throw the ball. And then he would get bored of that. And then it's, he wants to go get a Nerf gun. <laughs> so now it's Nerf war time. But yet the purpose over here is let's hit the ball. Okay? And he's not, he's not grasping this. And I'm losing my, my, my wife sees it and she's like, he's six. He's six. <laughs> I'm like, he needs to be like 15 right now, you know? And, and, so, and then I got Caden, and he's throwing on a batting helmet with the bat, and he wants to hit the ball. You know, so I've got all this happening, and, and my one purpose was this. Let's just, let's, let's, let's just practice on hitting the ball. See, I think God sees us this way sometimes in life. He's got a plan, a purpose, a will for us. He's got things that he wants you to go to. He says, but first, the only thing I really want you to do The only thing that you need to be working on right now, forget about the Nerf gun war. Forget about us throwing the ball. The only thing, you guys got to understand and get this here, is to be holy. But you're allowing yourself to be distracted by so many other things. But thank God he's got more patience than I have with mine. 
So here we are, we're over here having Nerf war guns now. And then it's, I need a break. I need to go have water, a drink. And then watch this. Hey, Daddy, can we go back and, and try to hit the ball again? And so we go back over there and we get a couple more pitches in. Right? And then the next day we go out and we get a couple more pitches in. And then watch this. We get distracted again for a moment. But watch what happens. The distractions become less. Why? Because now he's starting to get it. Now he's starting to put the bat on the ball. And so now it's, let's hit a little longer. Let's go after a little longer. You see, when we start doing the right things, our spiritual growth, our spiritual walk, well, it will become easier. When we're allowing ourselves into spiritual disciplines and tithing, praying, getting into the word of God. Why? Because we're separating ourselves from the things of the world. Why? Because we're now beginning to draw a line in the sand. I'm not going to allow the distractions over here to take my attention from what God is trying to do with me over here. Working on hitting that ball. It's amazing to me. It's so simple, but yet so far complex. Because we allow ourselves to get in the way, our own desires, our own plans, our own anxieties. And God is saying, look, it's very simple. Let's just work on this. Set yourself apart. Let's become different. Let's get holy. Stand with me this morning. You know, if we were sitting across from each other, having a real casual conversation, and I asked you this, how do you feel about your life? And if you were honest, some of you would say this, you know, I'm not pleased with who I am. When you look at what you've done, you might have a, a life full of regrets. You might feel guilty of the decisions that you've made, the things that you've been involved in. But the truth is, the best person here doesn't even qualify for the grace and the mercy that God has given us. We don't need to look at our lives in comparison of what others have done. There's only one life that we need to look at, and that's Jesus Christ. And thank you, Lord, that all you say is this, be holy. Be holy. That's the purpose I have for you. Everything else is secondary. Your job is secondary. Family, I hate to say this, that's secondary. My sole purpose for your life is to be set apart, to be different, to be holy. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask you, I'm going to challenge you here for a moment. First, understand, all of us have sinned and all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. But I want you to reflect for a moment on you. I want you to reflect on the decisions that you've made or the things that you're fretting over. And maybe you've been trying to live the will of the Lord of what you think it is for your life. And, but maybe today God has kind of opened your eyes and saying, you know what? This thing is way easier. This, this, this thing about God's will is, I've made it so complex. And, and all the scripture says is I need to be set apart. I need to be holy. So that's what I need to work on. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're, you're, you're thinking that, and, and, and I hope so. Because then that tells me, you know what? Man, something was said right here today. Maybe you don't know who Jesus Christ is. Maybe 
Maybe you're, you're, you've, you've never committed your life to him. And, and so this whole will of God thing is just brand new to you. But I want you to understand this, that God's got a divine purpose for your life. Before we can ever get into the do or the what, we need to understand that we must have a relationship that is built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Before you will ever find true happiness, your eyes must continually be focused upon Christ. In everything you do, the scripture says, everything, and whatever you do, that's everything, that's every breathing moment, that's every waking moment, that's even when you're asleep. In everything you do, we need to be doing it for him. So what are the things in your life that you're not proud of, but yet you continue to repeat over and over and over again? God is saying this, it's time to set yourself apart. It's time to set yourself apart. Listen, I've had my own convictions where I've had to say, God, forgive me. It's time for me to set myself apart. I can't help but to think there's many of you in this room this morning who the things, activities, things that you allow yourself to be involved in are going through your mind and you're going and you're battling it right now. You're truly battling and get this, I get it. I do, I understand. I understand the work of the flesh. I understand the temptation in the flesh. I understand the pressures that the world, society, I understand the pressures that family can put on. I understand it. But God is saying, look, you want my will. You want more of me. It's simple. Set yourself apart. Be different. I love it because it's, it's, it's as if like when I'm with my son, I'm there as his dad coaching and helping him along doing the best I can. I'm imperfect, but I've got a heavenly father who's perfect. And he's saying, he's sitting there going, hey, let's do this. I'm gonna be here with you. I'm gonna coach you. I'm gonna lead you. I'm gonna guide you. I'm not gonna leave you. I'm gonna be right there. And as you get involved, one step after another, after another, after another, just like with my son, he starts hitting the ball. It gets easier. It gets easier. It gets easier. Those spiritual disciplines become easier. They're not, you don't have to work toward them. Now it's part of your daily life. It's your routine. It is who you are. Wow. I don't know about you, but I feel the Holy Spirit right now speaking, even to my own heart saying, let's set ourselves apart. So my question this morning to you is this, if that is you today, if you could honestly say, Pastor Kevin, I need some things to be set apart on. I need to be different. I just want you to slip your hand up right where you're at. That's you, wow. Awesome. We put it down. You see, God today is going to do something great. He's already done it, but you know what? When we go before him in prayer, maybe you didn't raise your hand, that's fine. You can still pray the, say the prayer and, and, and get involved with it. But God says, my will for you is to be holy, is to be different, is to be set apart. Father, I just love you, and I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your message this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the simplicity of it and understanding, Lord, that your will for our lives is to be holy, to be different, to be set apart. Help all of us in this room. Lord, you saw the uplifted hands, but most importantly, Lord, you see the heart and the motive right now.
in every person that's here. I pray for everyone today, God, who is honest about it, who is saying, Lord, I want to be different. I want to be set apart. I struggle with different things. I struggle with the temptations. I struggle with the things that I'm supposed to be giving up and I'm having a hard time with it. But God, I want to be set apart. So Lord, get involved right now with these lives. Be that coach, but most importantly, be that father. Help us, Father. Help us along this life journey that we live in. No longer, Lord, do, do, do we want to be mixed in with the world and society and no one can tell the difference. We want to be, as your scripture says, different, separated, holy. When people see us, they see you and only you. So God, right now in every believer's heart today, that's making that commitment move right now, God. Strengthen them, surround them. Help them have them spiritual disciplines in their lives, Lord, where they will be consistent with it, God. Father, if there's an unbeliever here today who is contemplating and making that choice as becoming a believer, my prayer today for them, Lord, is that before they leave this place, that they will come see me. Lord, that we would spend time together in prayer and that soul will be one to your kingdom, Father. Father, we love you so much. You see the heart of your people today, God. Your word that's gone out. This sermon series, Lord, that you've given me of, of divine purpose. You have divine purpose for all of us. Help us to live that purpose out, God. Lord, as we leave this place today, our prayer is this. As the psalmist says, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Father, as we leave this place today and we give our giftings, our tithings, and our offerings, may it be used to grow your kingdom and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen. amen. We love you guys. See you next week. Better yet, we'll see you Wednesday. <laughs>